Hey listeners, it's Kevin, one of the hosts of Two Weird Camera Beards. Before we get started on this episode today, I wanted to let you know if you don't like cursing or profanity, today's guest might not be for you, and that's okay. Today we interviewed photojournalist and documentary photographer Matthew Hatcher. The situations in which he captures his work in are at times rough around the edges, much like the words he chooses to describe those situations and his opinions. The episode isn't an endorsement to put yourself in harm's way to get the image, but does describe times when Matthew has had to do just that. It isn't our place to censor his words, so this episode will be played without beeps. So it's probably best for only our adult listeners. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. So today, we've got a special guest in the studio uh, with, uh, with Matthew, Matthew Hatcher here. Hey, hey Matthew. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Good, man. <laughs> so today we're talking about kind of getting into the legality of it all and talking about, I know, Matthew, you you shoot a lot of like protests. You do a lot of editorial and like, uh, like documentary work, right? And you yep. travel a lot, different yeah. countries and all that kind of thing. Um yeah. Uh, not what, so what, much in 2020, but... Yeah? <laughs> not, not so much traveling in 2020, but... How's it been this year? Uh, so far, I started out pretty slow. Yeah? Like, I needed that, though. I had to kind of force myself to take a little bit of a break, so... Yeah. 2020 was intense. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> just, I think... It started out a little slow for me, but, I mean, mm-hmm. once I hit February, like, in 2020, I was at the caucuses in Iowa, and yeah. from there, it was just right through. I mean, there's a little bit of a pause when COVID hit, you know? Yeah. Well, I think like three weeks into the pandemic that I was getting sent out to cover, you yeah. know, testing, getting sent out to cover, everything shutting down mm-hmm. hmm. and just all of that. And then I, of course, through the year, all the protests, everything. So I worked, oh God, I don't know, like it felt like I worked every single day that year. I was on the road like constantly. So yeah. Last yeah. year in 2020 you did? Oh yeah. Oh man. And it was uh, just chaotic. So it was kind of nice. You know, it kind of drove me a little bit crazy because I like to be busy. It was like definitely needed to take like that month or two off and just like really not do anything. Mm-hmm. And just kind of focus on my own projects, focus on, you know, trying to get my head back together after just all the, you know, multiple times the world fell apart yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Now you, I mean, you've been a shopper and renter w- with Midwest for a, a while and we'll get into your gear and everything, but... Um, are you based here you kind of bounce between here and detroit um you said you traveled a lot last year but what where's where's like home base headquarters for you uh most of last year i was living in columbus okay but um i was working so much in michigan and i just kind of wanted to change scenery so i moved up to detroit and that's where i'm based at now but i still come down and cover news down here pretty frequently cool but Hmm. you know home base is detroit yeah nice nice um what it was it the news there that attracted you to the city or was it the what was going on or was it just um you know what was it about detroit i'm curious it's just a city really yeah. i'd worked there a lot over the summer it is a cool city and um you know i had made a group of friends like mm-hmm. your artists and like other photographers hmm. who were doing the same thing i was doing and i just really wanted to you know get up there and be part of that scene yeah you know move up there and also just i really wanted to change the scenery you yeah know, i've been working in ohio for a long time living in ohio for a long time mm-hmm. and i just kind of wanted to get up there cool way cool you know which nice is, which is colder ohio or michigan oh they're both like, pretty cold <laughs> i think michigan you get the you get the you know like lake effect river. and all that yeah it's just, it's just like, effect, just, like the 
wind from the river. I mean, you know, all the weather from Canada. From my apartment, I can see Canada. So yeah. we get all their cold. But the snow, when, when they get snow up there, it's pretty serious snow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to dive into, you know, your your experience and your, your expertise and everything. But I want to start at the... I think we want to start at the beginning. What got you into photography? I want to start there. I'd always been like really into like video and mm-hmm. like photo stuff. You know, when I was a kid, I used to make stop animation movies. Oh, cool! This camcorder, like uh, I saw this like when I was really little. My mom taped this special, and it was about um, the making of Jurassic Park and okay. how originally they're going to use stop animation for the dinosaurs. And then I started talking about you know this guy Ray Harryhausen. He was like a big stop animation or whatever you want to call them huh. and I was just like super I was obsessed with that so I used to as a kid make all these like stop animation movies and then kept doing it as I got older G.I. Joe's and stuff <laughs> and I just really enjoyed it and um, when I was like 11 or 12 I uh, found my mom she had a she had a Pentax A3000 mm-hmm. a little they bought it back in the 80s for their wedding or something huh. hadn't, hadn't used it since and I drug that out and I just you know shoot with that and she like would buy me film from uh, the supermarket and stuff. I just was obsessed with shooting with it. And then, you know, as I got older, I took some photo classes in high school. And I'd already kind of at that point decided I want to be a journalist. Okay. But I didn't really know much about photojournalism. And then, um, you know, I learned more about it. And uh, my mom, like, urged me to uh, apply to uh, Ohio University and get into the, uh, the VISCOM program. They have a really good photojournalism school down there. Yeah. So I applied with this portfolio I had of like pictures of people I'd taken on North High Street, like portraits hmm. and stuff. And I got in with that, and then it was kind of there where I kind of started learning the ins and outs. Cool. You know, and I'd, I always kind of, when I, when I decided I want to be a journalist, like before all that, I decided I wanted to cover like, you know, war and human rights issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, I was passionate about writing, but like once I started using my camera to document, different stories i just got like, really fell in love with it yeah <laughs> so did you ever feel like you could tell the story better with your eye versus with your words i mean it depended you know i mean it depended on the story yeah that's kind of where it came in there were some things that you know i couldn't write i couldn't use just writing to like fully tell the story mm-hmm. or get mm-hmm. as deep as i wanted and the same goes for like photo you yeah. know and that's where that kind of marriage of the two comes together yeah yeah, do uh, you like? Do you enjoy writing then for oh yeah. your? My mom's a for writer, your imaging? and so okay. I, you know, I've always been writing, been around writers nice. and stuff. I originally always wrote fiction, but you know, as I was in high school and stuff, I always I started really enjoying like doing the journalist aspect of it. Yeah, so. that's cool, man. Yeah. So you're from Columbus then? Uh, Pickerington. So okay, basically Columbus. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nice. It's hard to, like, I was looking through some of your work the other day with, uh, like, just on your website and on Instagram, and it's kind of hard. Like, I was like, is he from Columbus? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you've got, you've got photos from everywhere. So I'm like, yeah, that's, that, I guess that's the life of a photojournalist, though, too, <laughs> is to, like, yeah, you're not really nailed down anywhere. You just kind of. Yeah. I started out just covering stuff in Ohio yeah. you know, for years, but. As I branched out and covered more stories in other places, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of that work I did in Columbus is more, you know, I got, you know, I replaced it with more updated work, you know. But okay. I, I started out just always working in Ohio. I worked at the Marion Star, you know, I freelance in Columbus. I, okay. 
What know. did you cover then? Like starting out, what did what did you cover? Did you know initially going into like uh, into like photo photojournalism? Did you know that you wanted to do like the human rights and oh, all yeah. of the activism and stuff, or did you no. did you take on every story to like see like would I be good at sports? You know, like did you do everything or did you? Still... I did. It. I've done everything. Okay. You know, I've I've always pride myself on being able. I mean, I, I'm not want to be like the best of the best like sports shooter or mm. the best of the best like wedding photographer anything like that but i can you know i work on being very diverse as diverse yeah. as i can but mm-hmm. i always knew like you know what i wanted to cover was you know armed conflict and human rights issues and that type of stuff you mm. know when i was in uh, high school i found uh pictures from the uh, chechen wars which mm. happened in the 90s and it, i mean it's one of the bloodiest like recent conflicts and just blew my mind that I'd never heard of it. It happened when I was alive, you know? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Most people hadn't. And I just was like, Jesus, you know? So I kind of wanted to, my whole goal was to go like to those types of areas. And yeah. Be like, yo, this is happening, you know, as best I can. Do my part to get what's happening there out so people see, you know? Yeah. So. I think uh, uh, here later we've got some questions on, on safety and everything. I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on that when it when it comes to wanting to be in that situation and then um, what it really means to be in that situation. So we'll touch on that. Um, I want, I, I do want to go back to kind of your, how you've made work and how you've, um, created and documented. I consider your work to be photojournalism. Um, you call yourself a photojournalist. It, it very much appears that you shoot, <laughs> food, shoot journalism. Um, but when you, when you're capturing, do you, is any part of it, um, like an art to you. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's something. When I first started out, I mean, like I kind of more consider myself documentary mm-hmm. photography now. You know, when I first started out, you know I was, you know, at the time you know you learn and it's about getting a staff job in a newspaper and like mm-hmm. all that, right? And so at that point, it was I wasn't so much connected to like the art side of it. You know, you have this kind of different mindset. Yeah. You know? It's like just get there and get what's happening on. Yeah, you're you're. You're there, but you're you're behind the camera. Yeah, you're not connected as much. I yeah. mean, and that's that's you know I was young too, but you learn to develop that. And as I started freelancing more and doing my own projects, happened to start my own projects, you know, over the past years has become a very very personal thing. Something that I I consider it art. You know, that's a form of art. You're trying to communicate and capture the emotions and feelings right. of an event, and you can't do that. You know, it's not going to come out if you're not connecting. If you're not connecting with those moments, if you're not really feeling and you know understanding what's happening, yeah, that's cool. Does that has that contributed to you know, if you will, your style? Because I, I look at your work and it's very to me it's very consistent. I can look at an image now and be like, that's a Matthew Hatcher image <laughs> because I mean it's very impactful. Is a lot of dark tones in it. You know, I I see a consistency within your work. Does do you feel like that has contributed to your work, like connecting? Connecting definitely has. Yeah. It's um, once you start, you know, I had to, I had to work really hard. Kind of, I had an issue. I, you know, I got laid off from my newspaper job in 2017, and um, for a long time, you know, I always shot. It was more I was shooting what I thought other people wanted to see. I was taking the pictures that I thought other people mm-hmm. would think were good, and the reality is, I wasn't necessarily putting myself or putting my own like eye into it. I was more concerned what other people would think. And, um, you know, when I got laid off, I had to start 
working to break that, I um, started, uh, this, uh, Ty Wright is a friend. He was a grad student when I was an undergrad, and he's like, a little older than me. And he sort of started mentoring me and telling me about, like, he's like, you know, you need to let go a little bit. You need to experiment more. You need to, you know, let go of this, like, you know, mm -hmm. you know, not so much let go of it, but you need to step away and shoot for yourself. Mm -hmm. Shoot what you, what you are seeing. Shoot the moments you're seeing, you know. Shoot what you see and what you think says something, not what you think other people want to see. Yeah. And that helped a lot. So the past couple of years. It's really good advice. It's really been about just learning to connect you know i used to go to an event and just like you know have a d4s or whatever just spray like you know empty like an entire yeah. car <laughs> and you get back and it's just the same pictures over and over again you know it was more it was more about me getting enough pictures in my mindset but now yeah. when i go cover something i spend way more time standing around really reading the situation and like trying to get a feel of yeah. what it means, like why I'm there, what I want to say, what I think the story is. It's a yeah. lot more thought put into it yeah. before I start making images. Do yeah. you talk to people when you're when you're out shooting? Like, yeah. do you interact with the people that you're taking pictures of sometimes and all that? Sometimes I do. Yeah. Sometimes you know, if it's when there's like a protest going on and stuff, you know, I am, you know, and I'm there documenting for like a wide Getty images or something. I'm less. I interact with lots of people, but, you know, I talk to people still. I go up and talk to them. Nice. And uh, try to get to read or just kind of spend time around, like, listening to people, mm -hmm. yeah. smoking with people, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, I was going to say, it looks like, like, in your images, it looks like the people are aware that you're taking their picture mm -hmm. a lot of the time. A lot of it, too, is, like, kind of, a lot of the pictures I take, I don't ever take pictures with that. You know, if somebody... I'm not going to go up and ask permission, you know, but if they don't, if they, you know, ask me not to take their picture of whatever, I don't, you know. If they're avoiding that confrontation, then you, like, respect that. And, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to yeah. invade people's spaces. You know, I'm there yeah. to document. I'm not there. I'm not going to make people uncomfortable or, like, you know, be a jackass and, yeah. like, you know, do something they're uncomfortable with. I'm not there sure. for that, you know. Well, and if the, a lot of the people that you're taking pictures of are armed, too, so I'm sure that that <laughs> is a good intimidating, like, yeah, if you don't want your picture taken, I'm good. I'm good. There's I don't need that confrontation. And yeah. there's other situations, of course, where it's like, I, when stuff's happening, bad stuff's happening or whatever, you know, people are getting hurt. And I'm taking pictures. People yell, don't take pictures. And it depends. If it's them, you know, doing whatever. I'm like, well, dude, I'll have to get this picture. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to yeah. let you, like, Block me out of this. This is my job. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But there's also kind of an unspoken when it's more not in the armed conflict stuff, like the protests and stuff, or uh, vigils and whatnot. You know, there's kind of you pick up on energy and interaction between two, kind of the eyes. You know, mm -hmm. and I'll go on, and they'll know I'm there with the camera. And if they, you know, you can tell like you know, kind of they're fine with it, or if they're not. Yeah. So. Do you find it? So I I. I don't. I don't come from a a, a documentary um, position when I shoot. I specialize in portraits, so you know stuff where families want to get shot and you know people who are getting engaged or having babies. Um, and this past weekend, I you know I assisted my wife, who's who's a portrait photographer. There Kevin is. Kevin's wife's a photographer. He mentions it on pretty much every podcast. Whatever. That his wife's a photographer. Tom likes to point out that he thinks I point it out at every podcast. I, it's nowhere here nor there. I think that, <laughs> I think that uh, Kevin is not only Midwest Photos marketing department. I think he's also his wife's marketing department. It's possible. Here, so. Do you have a card on you? What's that? Do you have a card on you? 
do do i have her card on me i have our card on me yeah i do yeah yeah Uh (laughs) um and in any case the camera there yeah (laughs) exactly um so we had a situation where you know we were photographing this family and the little girl anytime we hold the camera up to our face she smiles that's the instinct right like oh you're taking my picture i'm gonna smile do you find in your position when you're photographing whether it be a protest or an, an armed conflict or probably not so much an armed conflict, but maybe like a protest or a vigil where, um, you know, if it's a protest, you point the camera at people and maybe they... Um, they start cheesing for you and you, stuff? Not, not cheesing for you, but uh, kind of the opposite where they kind of try to appear more tough or they try to appear more um, resistant um, try to appear more as a protest in an exaggerated way. I try to... I try to really avoid impacting a scene in any way. Yeah. You know, if my if I if I realize that my presence is impacting how people are acting in that sense, you know, acting tougher, or getting more violent, or whatever, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll back off because that's you know I don't want my jobs to document, not impact. You yeah. Know what I mean, I don't want to ever be like the reason. You know, if something develops or something bad happens, because I was there with the camera and people wanted to. You want to capture the scene, you know, not cause the scene. You know. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, in those situations, I back off. It's not, you know, because then it stops being photojournalism. Then yeah. It stops being yeah. documentary. It's, it's yeah. you know, posed. Yeah. Even if you're not telling them to pose, it's still posed. Yeah. Yeah. How, in your in your travels and everything, in documenting everything, like, that, every, I mean, whether you're there or not, everything at this point is being documented to some degree, mm-hmm. like, with everybody having a phone and everything. How do you kind of... How do you cut through the noise with like your signal and like making sure like this is like when someone's taking pictures with their phone and stuff, they're they're not making as as many decisions as you're making, obviously, like they're not they're not taking a look at the full picture and trying to like this best exemplifies what's going on here or anything like that. They may just be like you were saying before spraying and praying. They may just be like shooting mm. video and just like yeah uh, how do you how do you kind of cut through that how do you like how do you see the whole document like your role as a documentary photographer now you know what i mean like yeah, it's, yeah. well it's, like i think that when i go to cover like certain things right mm-hmm. um i'm going with a i don't i don't cover things unless i think that i have something i can add or that me being there and documenting it is going to like help you know i mean because you have a you, you can you can get into situations like this past year you know i mean when everybody was always doing his videos like here in columbus no it was uh sorry it was detroit they were trying to smash a window and like it was a giant protest right but you know all these other people were protesting this instant where they're busting a window you know it was like two people right but all these like you know citizen journalists and like you know amateur younger photographers ran right over and taking pictures of that and that's kind of mi- like, that's misrepresenting the scene that's there is being then it is framed as like that's what happened this whole protest of people like burning and breaking shit and it's like no it wasn't it was like two people did that and then mm-hmm. you know and so I'm, I'm trying to be responsible for my coverage and i know why i'm there when i go places i know why i'm there i know what i'm there to tell mm-hmm. and i know you know i need the background information and so i, I try to make it so I'm, I'm making a product and i'm creating images that are like factual documentations of what's happening it's not just whatever is you know it's you know i'm I'm there and i have a clear vision of like what the photos i'm taking are yeah yeah 
I still like, and I think that that's really, maybe more important than ever to have yeah. the like with everything out there. I mean, you know, I mean, with misrepresentation and all that, mm-hmm. and just like in uh, everything that I don't know, you may see a thousand images of something, and it's like, but there's always the one. You know what I mean? There's always mm-hmm. that one picture of Nate and whatever. Be the picture will be the story. Yeah. You know, and it's it's more about looking where like find where other people aren't looking. Find out what the real yeah. story is where they're not looking at. And that's like, yeah. I what like in in a lot of events, dude. Like one thing I hate the most are like the press scrums. Where there's like 50 people with cameras crowding around one thing. And of course, sometimes you have to be part of that. It makes so, sense yeah, that you whatever. would hate that because that's I'd the most disconnected off. way mm-hmm. of. Documenting so that event. I yeah. I can get a picture of the whole press crowd around Because it's kind of, you know, it's yeah. interesting. It says something, but yeah. I try to avoid that. You know, I don't see the point in making a picture that, you know, unless I'm like, you know, we need a picture of this, you know. But I don't see the point of making pictures of something that everybody else already has a picture of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I can get something better. I can go find the quiet moment, find, you know, I don't know. It's a lot of that, I think, is kind of what you're talking about. People self it's crowding around and stuff. And I yeah. think... Well, and they're showing the extreme. They're attracted mm-hmm. by it. And that's what, I don't know, sadly, that's what a lot of, like, social media is. It's yeah. like, it, what are the extremes that are going to trigger the things in your brain to keep you scrolling and hitting like and all that stuff? I don't mm-hmm. know. And to, like, actually create these moments that you can actually connect with, that seems. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. I want to dive into... <clears throat> Now we've got some, you know, experience mm. in, in how you create and capture. I want to talk about, you know, we're calling this episode the legality of it all, but I think we're talking about the legality and the precaution and, and what you do. Um, I'm going to start with safety. We talked about how you um, kind of got, you you saw the Chechen Wars documented and that kind of uh, spurred you and you, you wanted to be in situations where it might not be as safe. Um could you tell us about a time that you did that what you did what kind of precautions you put in place do you tell somebody you're going to some place do you have you know do you have a lawyer on call that says you know if i get captured or arrested or whatever what what do you do what what's kind of the process for you a process for like if you're if you know you're going into a situation that may be very unsafe oh uh, yeah well i mean I, that's a lot of situations these days yeah, but <laughs> yeah so uh i mean i think I think how to answer this. There's a lot of answers to this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it probably depends on where you're going. It's yeah, depends where I'm going. I, I think if uh, if you go into a protest and the police are actively trying to suppress said protest yeah. through means that aren't savvy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, like for example, covering protests last year. Uh, I made sure that I had like people knew where I was. I made sure that you know I've been like, arrested before. I've been I had my ass kicked plenty of times. <laughs> I mean you know that's always worry, but um, I always try to make it so that uh, I uh, people know where I'm at and I know who to call. I have um, CPJ community journalists. They have lawyers on call. Cool. But um, more than that though, um, I work with a, a really close friend of mine, a colleague, Seth Harold, and uh, we've been working together. Really, the only conflict we didn't cover together was uh, Ukraine. Okay. And I, uh, I went over there. But, um, you know, we always work together, and especially in those situations. And we trust each other because we've both been in, like, you know, these conflicts, wars, revolutions, stuff like that. And so I know, like, you know, if it's getting hairy, I have something I can look at and 
know, you know, if he's sitting there and he's like, dude, I need to get the fuck out of here right right now. Like, I know, like, there's no question. We got to go. I trust mm-hmm. his judgment. It's the same the other way around, too. Right. And so we kind of watch out for each other, you know, and it, it helps to have somebody you trust. And uh, uh, me was the other part of the question. <laughs> <laughs> do you... Um I guess uh, what what kind of other precautions you do? Do you carry oh, like, so like you yeah. said you said something about you know the Ukraine? If you go somewhere international, do you carry like a card on you that says I'm a photojournalist in several different languages or you know, like what what do you, what do you? I, mean, well, I can kind of make you a target. Yeah, Ukraine. So with Ukraine, I had to uh, reach out to the defense ministry in Ukraine okay. to get uh, what was called a joint forces operation card, which is a, a media badge, right? Right. And that can get you through the checkpoints to the front lines. Okay. And um, I had to, I bought, like, you know, I had bulletproof vest, had helmet, all that stuff. And, you know, as best as I could, of course, you can't really communicate when you're out in the field in those areas. Just, you know, it's like you have Wi-Fi or, like, data. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'd let people know. And, um, like, I'd, t- I'd message back Seth, who was in America at the time, and I'd say, hey, dude, like, you know, I'm going to the front. I want to be here these many days. If, you know, I don't, you don't hear from me, like, you know, two days after I'm supposed to be back, like, something's something went wrong okay. you know? and um i mean with that you also you also try to get a full grasp of the uh situation you're going into because you situate like war is like until you've like, been in like combat or in a war you don't really have under can't you mean you think you can but you really can't understand like the amount of danger you're putting yourself in yeah it's uh, they're unpredictable and they're extremely brutal yeah and um there's a lot of precautions to take especially like i have um tags that I put in my boot. I'll put one in my boot and I'll have, you know, I have like a necklace. I'll put it on the identification tag in case something happens. Mm-hmm. I'll try to let people know where I'm at. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of different things to do. Like, th- like right now we're um, prepping to go out to cover wildfire season Yeah. this summer. And that's, that scares me a little, yeah. you know, but so like right now I'm reaching out to all the uh, fire departments out there, all the friends I have who've covered that other journalists who've covered that i'm trying to learn as much as i can about the situation i'm going into yeah yeah and what safety equipment i need you know and you know the reality is dude like i can be as prepared as i can be but until i'm there i'm not i'm still gonna be unprepared yeah you know i don't know what's gonna be like when i get there i'm sure it'll blow my mind i'm like holy shit you know (laughs) 200 foot flames like what the hell (laughs) but you know you just try to learn as much as you can yeah 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 that's i think good advice is to be as prepared as possible but yeah. expect the worst and no and like when you go out there thing too is like going out to those situations have like a plan in mind like you don't just go out there and be like, oh, i'll get some pictures of you know whatever's going on i have a plan in mind i want to cover this for this amount of time yeah and this is what i'm going to do there and that keeps you focused and that keeps you you know honed in on one thing you're not bouncing around right you know and it's more effective and so that that's an important part is organization and you know, knowing why you're going there, what you want to get, how long you need, what you need to get there, and what you need to get back. Yeah. Mm. You, uh, you you say you, you prepare and everything, and part of that, I'm sure, is getting your gear prepared as well. Mm-hmm. Um, have you or your gear been injured on the job? <laughs> and if so, like, how do you handle that? Like, do you, I I'm, I assume you don't carry multiple copies of one lens on you in the no. field, but like what, what happens when you get hurt or the gear gets damaged to where y- you can't, com- is the job over? No. 
<laughs> I, I pull on my phone, you know. Oh, there you go. I mean, I didn't think of that. I mean, I covered, uh, when I was in uh, Hong Kong, um, we had a protest at Victoria Park, and I just started dumping buckets of rain. It was insane. I go over there, she's like, when it rains, it's like, you know it's raining. Yeah. But um, it, it completely killed. I had a D700. It was one of my favorite cameras. And uh, I've had like five D700s. And uh, <laughs> it just soaked it. And it wasn't reading the... Uh, d-series lenses anymore mm. and i was like shit so i had to go and i tracked down another because i had an x-pro one with me at the time but mm-hmm. i just really hated that camera like i love fuji's and the x-pro's but i hated the x-pro one so much hmm. but um so i went tracked down a camera store bought a, another d700 <laughs> and it only had ten thousand actuations on it brand new i bought it for 200 dollars. nice and the next protest we covered we um it was it was in Quantong and there was nat giant clash of the police and like a dumbass I was like on one side I was like okay I have an idea for a picture of the cop I want to get behind the cops they run, ran into the protesters they had set up barricades and spears and stuff like that and so the cops run in there's an overpass overhead and I run in with them like behind them you know not with the cops but yeah you know, behind to get the picture of you know the faces of the protesters. And a chunk of concrete came flying down and oh. the camera in my hand just knocked it right on my hand. I looked and it, it completely smashed his 35, cracked the body in half. Oh, and that's uh, crazy. I had a 50 millimeter lens and I was like, shit. So I just I put the 50 on it and you know, it turns out it still worked. I just had to push down on the the pop-up flashes just outside to hold that down and shoot. It still shot. Huh. So I got some pictures. That one picture I have of um that whole, you know, if the clashes in Hong Kong, um, a lot of them were taken when that camera was, like, split in half Ooh. after the fact. That's nuts. But I don't – I'm kind of a dickhead, and I don't really insure my gear. Okay. I don't know why. It's <laughs> stupid. Don't – insure it if you can. Like, there's – I know through MPPA you can insure it. Yeah. Through um, – I mean, there's other places you can, you know. But um, – and I need to look into that more. But – uh. A lot of the times, I mean, I'm hard on my gear, too. Yeah. So I'm not the example yeah. to look to when it comes to, like, insuring <laughs> stuff and taking care of equipment. I mean. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, I'm not great. That's one of the things I like about the food, is they're cheaper. You yeah. Know? It's true. They're... I busted that. I busted a D4S one time, too, and it was, like, eight grand. I was out. I was like, fuck. So I, uh, I bought, uh. I was like, I'm buying the Fuji's, dude. And that gets bought like a thousand dollars. Yeah. It's not eight thousand dollars and like yeah. you know, the price of a freaking car. So <laughs> Yeah. When you're when you're in these locations and stuff, like it seems like communication would be hard because mm-hmm. I mean, you probably don't speak Ukrainian. I'd imagine. I, I try to learn as much as I yeah. can. Yeah, is that Great is that pace. part of your preparation? Is learning a little bit of the language before yep. going? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I try to. I try to really like the necess- like the necessary terms. I'll definitely need. Yeah. Right? Like help. But, yeah, help. Don't shoot. I'm press. Yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. You know. Where's the bathroom? I need to go to the hospital because I'm my stomach's sick from you know. Yeah. Overseas, but um, I, I also like when I go over there. I usually uh, if I'm in like in Ukraine, I had a uh, fixer. My friend was he's from Ukraine, he had been docking in the war, <clears throat> and he was able to take me out, and I could be my translator. Mm. But, and a lot of the other places, like uh, Palestine and Hong Kong, I mean, a lot of them spoke English, mm. so it wasn't too, like, difficult, you know. But overall, I try to learn a little bit, what yeah. I can, yeah. you know. I don't want to, 
rely on other people. You know what I mean? And like, a, and like, those key phrases. Yeah, you know, can help you. Yeah. I'm not yeah. probably not going to be able to have a conversation, but yeah, you know, I can get help or I can get food or yeah. whatever it is I need. Beers, basic need. <laughs> Be- <Yeah>. Beers. <laughs> Hi. Hey, did you? <laughs> Weird. Did you want to pick any? Just look up and you're staring daggers. Because I, I thought um, you were going to pick out another one of these questions for him. You go, you go. I'm I'm brewing on one. All right. Um, there were some things that we are not going to mention that you indicated that you cannot talk about, and that's mm-hmm. fine. We're not going to go into those. Um, mm-hmm. Is is uh, all we all all we're curious about? Is this a uh, is this for a safety measure? Is this uh, for legality purposes? Uh, so I also as a, as a photojournalist, I'm. I'm obligated, and it's my responsibility to make sure that I'm not. I'm gonna cover certain stories, mm-hmm. go to certain places. It's uh, and with like you know the event. I mean, they're tracking people on like, social media all the time. Sure, right? Governments are, and I, I'm not gonna do. Or it's my responsibility not to in any way put people in danger by right. revealing any information about any of that. Got you know? it. And I kind of, feel so horrible if like some you know even an offhand comment got somebody killed or hurt. You yeah, know? because. Yeah. Reality is like you know I get to go there and I come back right. So when I go there, the people I'm dumping they have to stay there. They're stuck there, right? Yeah, they don't get to leave. They don't get to leave, right? So if I come back and I'm just like, oh yeah, blah blah blah, and it gets over, or some people see you know find information that can hurt those people that I'm documenting. So it's for their safety. It's my responsibility. You know, I'm responsible for that happening. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. With uh, when when you're documenting these things, especially the conflicts and stuff, mm-hmm. is it important for you to stay unbiased, or is it important for you to have a perspective that you're trying to show of the event that's going on, mm. or a little bit of both, maybe? It's, it it all depends. Yeah, you know, on certain things when you know, I I try to. I document the news as it happens in front of me. I take the picture as they unfold in front of me. And yeah. I report accurately. It's golden rules. I report accurately. Yeah. And, you know, it's... it's. What do, What would be an example of, like, reporting inaccurate? Like, what do you... What do you like inaccurately? Because just, like, I'm trying to think for, like... From a from a standpoint of like a normal person, it's a picture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's what it, what's in front of the lens. So how can that be inaccurate? But I I understand what you mean. But how? What kind of things do you avoid? Uh, well, misrep like, with that like misrepresenting captures. Like I was saying earlier about you know when we were in Detroit and like there's like so many people you know marching and protesting peacefully. And these two dickheads like broke a window and were like yeah. you know being jerk offs. Okay. Like, I mean, if you go to take that picture and that's what you mm-hmm. show and you're saying like looting and all that, that's inaccurate. Yeah. 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 They broke that window, but like that's not that you can't. That's you know, not that's the not entire what protest. The whole thing. You yeah. Know, that was. T- it was like, whatever. And, and yeah. if you know, that puts people in danger. It changes the perspective. You yeah. know, and it it gives a a reinforced idea. Yeah. See, we need to like you know do this or that, hurt those people or yeah, whatever, because they're doing this and that. You know, 
you can you can cause that you can reinforce that mentality if you're not reporting accurately. Yeah. Have you when you were overseas? I can imagine it would be really difficult as an American going to another culture and another country's conflict that you're not a part of. Like like you said, you're coming over here. You're not staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, is there has there been a point where you've come back or like where you've posted something or where you've taken a picture and you're like, and somebody from over there is saying like hey that's misrepresenting like have you had to correct anything after the fact or edit yourself because you've realized you know what i mean like it seems yeah. like that would be a really easy mistake to make I'm, I'm, i always try to be really careful yeah when i'm doing that yeah i'm really yeah. adamant about it i'm sure it, like there's been talk. I've, I've got locations wrong before sure or i've gotten um you know, like, like I, I, there was one I thought that, you know, it was National Guard or, you know, some military force that ended up being, yeah. like, police officers, but dressed in that. And that was, sure. that's an example. I have to go back and, like, change that around. And, yeah. you know, I'm always really disappointed in myself when that happens. But sure. I try really hard to always be accurate. Well, and it, it, I, it seems inevitable at a certain point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Happen. When you do so much of it, yeah. Yeah. But there's a level well, and of just making, like, a small mistake in, like, a caption versus completely misrepresenting yeah. something. You know what right. I mean? Right. Well, and you're just you're an outsider, you know. Mm-hmm. You you yeah, don't you speak the language, like yeah. After the fact. Yeah. And you have to have your translator explain it to you. Do you do you like to sit on the work for a little bit before releasing it, or is it about also getting it out as timely as possible too? It depends. With yeah. Hong Kong, I I was turning out images. It was okay. an important story. You know, China was on the border and yeah. trying to come in. Eventually, they did, but you know, a big influx of us journalists got in there, and we were able to kind of get a like flood the news with that you know yeah and um so with that i was cranking out yeah. frames as much as much as i could sure on the wires you know on my own social media and stuff well other things like um well the ukraine i sat on that for a while i put mm. i shared some images on instagram you know yeah but i sat on it i sat on that and i thought about it a lot you know more than i would have because it was something i could take the time to think about you know yeah and pro- it seems like it i mean uh, that sounds so overwhelming to be to put yourself in a con not like an armed conflict where you don't speak the language where you're like it, and you may not understand the full picture yourself but all of this stuff is unraveling in front of you that's and you're also you, trying to stay alive that's why you gotta know like why you're there yeah you yeah. know it's yeah, and it's like well, I saw like one of your questions right down was like about like fear and like safety and stuff and like people ask me like oh like you know like how do you like stay not afraid and stuff like, you're always afraid. Yeah, you know you're in like one of, like the most dangerous situation you can be in, and when you stop being afraid, it's when you get hurt, it's when you get killed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when you put other people in danger. And that's it. I got a lot of messages this past year from uh, younger photographers who covered like George Floyd wanting to go cover like you know oh next me give us more like let me know i want to go with you and it's kind of like i was trying to explain like you know like, i it took me years to get to the point where i could i was f- able to finally go over and start covering yeah these issues and you know that it's something you have to really learn it and appreciate yeah and it's just people say like oh i know the risks and blah 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 and you really don't and beyond that too I'm less worried about myself getting hurt. I'm mm-hmm. more worried about if I get hurt, dude, somebody's gonna have to come out there and get me. Yeah. Right? And I, I, I might get them hurt. And that's my yeah. biggest fear is my actions and my mistake costing somebody else their life or yeah. injuring them. And yeah. that's a big deal. You know, I, I'm, I put myself there. So it's my responsibility 
You know, these people are there, like, you know, the fixers or whatever, you know, trying to protect me the best they can, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I can't just go out here and be a dumbass and, like, careless, Yeah. you know, because then that'll hurt them. They'll get hurt. Yeah. Or it could cause like, an issue, dude. If I got, like, say, like, when I was in Hong Kong, I got killed, right? Mm-hmm. That's all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm part of the story. That's, like, impacting it. And I don't want to do that, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's a big response when it comes to going to those places. They're, they're dangerous. It's not, like, a movie. It's not like a game, you yeah. know? It's not... And you don't go there because it's exciting or, like, thrills or whatever. It's not where you go. Yeah. And if you're going for that, you shouldn't be there. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, it's a lot of danger, but I don't know. I mean, it's overwhelming, but at the same time, you put... When you're there, you're scared, but you, you try to put that... What is, there's a quote by Kurt Vonnegut about it. It's a uh, living moment to moment with useful terror. <laughs> and it's you stay afraid, you utilize, and you learn how to work with that. Yeah. yeah. You know the risk to take. You you start working within that realm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know you can't not be afraid. You have to accept you will. It's horrifying, but yeah. you know. Yep. I'd imagine that would also make you a lot more. Uh, I don't know. A lot more like when a lot more uh, grateful for your your <laughs> for your life and the things <laughs> that you're that are you have access to when you get back and everything. Yeah, and, it does. I it's and the safety. I'm always very grateful for the fact that people trust me together and tell these stories. You know, yeah. Like people let me into their like it's the worst sure. moment of their life and let me in and are trusting me and that's yeah what the biggest reward for me is. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back and and touch on something here that he could have legal ramifications and I'm curious how it works. Um, so you, you take pictures at an event, let's say, uh, something that's happening in real time, that's news. Um, and you license that to Getty or, um, or Getty licenses it to, you know, CNN or whoever. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you get to write anything about that image? Like, do you get to put a caption that says, this is what this is? Yes, no, I have to. Yeah, <laughs> so so that somebody doesn't reframe it as something false. Well, I mean, I can't. Once, once I shoot for the wires, once I get to the wires, it's out of my control. But I write the caption in it. I, I provide yeah. the caption, the location information, and the metadata. Okay. You know, I have to do that. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I have seen cut lines changed, you know. And it's, I mean, it's, uh, sometimes it's the same as like, you know, you put a photo up on Instagram and also somebody else is like resharing it. Yeah. Yeah. In a different context. And that's kind of yeah. like this, you know, here and there. No change words, right? Sometimes it makes me mad. If it's something really misleading, mm-hmm. I feel like it's misleading to the photo or what really happened, I say something. I'll stick mm-hmm. up. You so, know. so you'll actively. I'll reach out to whoever it is. But I mean, I can't force them to change anything. Right. I don't let them know, you know, how I feel. Mm-hmm. I let them know, like, yeah, like that's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. So there's no legal ramification for for them using it in some some way that's untruthful. Uh I mean, uh, it's it's one of those things like not for I don't get in trouble, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, for other people, other people get in trouble. If a lot of it does, we don't buy it. Yeah. And I honestly, I know you look at some shit like in Breitbart. <laughs> and stuff like that or whatever. Yeah. Or daily, you know, these these piece of crap quote publications, and they do that a lot. Yeah. But I don't know how much ramifications they face other than everybody knows they're shit bags. <laughs> 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 well, it seems like some of that, like if, if CNN did that, I mean, that's such a big news machine 
that mm-hmm. it seems like it would be pretty hard to stop too. I'm, I mean, right? Like, once it's out there, it's out there. But yeah, I, you know, when I, if it doesn't matter who, if I see him like misrepresent something I shot, yeah, I want to sure. say something to him. Maybe you know they might not do shit about it, but I want to mm-hmm. say something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Tom, you want to move into gear and opinions on gear? Oh, uh, sure. Or did you want to? Did you want to touch on anything else in in the, in the legality and precaution section? No, I think I think we're good to move on. Rad. Rad. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've talked a little bit about what you've shot. Um, so you were a former Nikon shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it always full frame? Um, I started in D60. Okay. When I was in my senior year of high school. Um, I had a D60. And then from there, uh, when I was in college, I got a D300S. Okay. Love that camera. Really? I fucking hate that camera. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. I just yeah. loved that uh, I was shooting some sports. I sport. was cool at first, but then once I picked up a D700, I was like, screw this, dude. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not this. And also, I gave me a lot of grief, dude. I huh. would be like, sh- it just it just would, I don't know. It had issues. I actually bought it from you guys. Really? <laughs> yeah, when you were at the other location. High Street? Yeah. Yeah, a yeah, long time ago. A long time huh. ago. And that, I bought that and some piece of crap, like, Cameron lens. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm being hard. But like <laughs> no, I mean I um D seven hundred like as well, I was like, yep, yeah, I'm not going back after this. Yeah. Then yeah. I did eventually. But um all my Nikons have I mean I, I guess I've always had a D seven hundred just because I love that camera so much. Mm-hmm. So and also now you can get one really cheap. You can go get one for like Four or five hundred dollars. Yeah, I remember yeah. I first, when I bought it, it was like twenty six hundred. Yeah, yeah. used. Uh, but now you jumped on to Fuji. Fuji and primes. Fuji and primes. So no mm. more zooms at all. No, I had um. I don't know. I I really I think part of before I developing my style, mm-hmm. what really helped me figure that out was shooting primes. Okay. Mm. Like really have to move around and really have to get more creative. You can't just. Zoom in and out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to move your feet. You have to get in. You have to work with what you have. Right. And it sucks at first because like, my photos took a hit. Yeah. Once I switched over to primes, you know, I was like, ah, oh, shit. Because I used to have a 24 to 70. I had a 17 to 35, 24 to 70, and a 70 to 200. That was my Nikon loadout. Mm-hmm. But also, those zooms have a lot of issues. Yeah. You know, <laughs> have more issues with moving parts. But, um, you know, so I switched over and, uh, I wanted to switch to, um, I started, I bought a 35F2 for my Nikons, mm-hmm. but now I switched over from Nikon to Fuji, I just have only bought primes, hmm. you nice. know, I really am happy with the results, they're smaller, Yeah. and I like it to be small, you know, I want to move, I, I need to move, be able to move around. Yeah. 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 Do you, does the, does the, the thing that you're shooting ever determine the gear? Like if you're going out to shoot wildfires and you can only get within a, like a, a mile of the wildfire would you get a long lens to shoot like the firefighters that are on the front line like what just try to get close i get a, another d700 and like okay a, and a, a cheap ass 50 and a 35 just get close yeah. as i can i don't unless i actually have to like shooting from a distance i like to be right there i want to okay. feel it i want to i want to feel their feelings so i can understand yeah hmm. that makes I sense i can really be there yeah um Man, you you hit a lot of answers for us with the primes and the <laughs> what um, I see you're using a one of the think tank uh, straps. Do you mm-hmm. what kind of bag do you use when you or are your cameras just always out? Uh, I have uh, so when I'm in the field, um, 
I used to like when I was younger, I used to like just love having all the cameras, all the shit hanging off me, you know? Yeah. I'm like a badass. But <laughs> if I got older, I'm like, I want to be more conspicuous. I want to not, you know, you pop a big old camera, people to react to it. Like you're saying, influencing the scene, you know? Yeah. So um, I have a newswear um, belt okay. that I use that I like a lot. And uh, when I transport gear, when I'm, my, ma- my backpack, I have a, a think tank shapeshifter. Okay. Which is really nice. I think <laughs> I got that from you guys too. Nice. Yeah. And I, I like that bag a lot, especially now with now I'm shooting the Fugees and they're smaller. Oh yeah, put mm-hmm. like three bodies in one pocket. Yeah, yeah, you can fit yeah. a lot more in that. That's really that. nice. Yeah, yeah. It sucked transporting those Nikon's overseas. Yeah, my backpack like that big, you know, bursting the seams. I remember I was carrying it through the Columbus Airport on my way to Ukraine, and the fucking like handle popped right off. Oh, no. It was so heavy. Yeah, I had twenty-four to seventy, seventeen to thirty-five. 7200, a D700, a D4S, my um, laptop charger, all my chargers were in. All my gear was in that bag because I wasn't going to check that on an international flight. Yeah. I was miserable. Now, like, uh, when I went to Puerto Rico to um, over the past year to cover a story for uh, a Swedish paper, it was so I, – I loved it because I had that same bag, but I had the Fuji's, and it was just boop, boop, like, you know – yeah. Like, it took up no space. I was able to put <laughs> some books in there, an extra sweater in case it got cold. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's Absolutely. great. Is there, are there any other pieces of gear that are like always carried for you? Like, do you ever, do you carry a flash at all? Do you? Gaffer's tape. Gaffer's tape. Gaffer's tape. Uh, gaffer's tape, extra cards. Yeah. Oh, how do you get your, how do you get the images? Do you get the images out in the field? Do you have like some sort of like mm-hmm. something I, um, to connect to your well, phone or anything? I need a laptop now because my, for some reason, done my Mac has done this thing where like, if I'm uploading shit onto it, these files are trying to file, it'll like turn off if it's not plugged into a power source. Net. Oh my gosh. I don't. I'm, I always try to be pretty chill, but that set me off, dude. It yeah. Just <laughs> nuclear right away. But usually, like you know, say my laptop actually worked, right? Yeah. So um, I I try to file from the field. Try to get shit in as soon as possible. Yeah. I'm on assignment. Yeah. So I use a cell phone, a hotspot. Okay. I use a cyber duck to send the FTP, like the FTP, the um, whoever I'm working for, the photos. The oh, okay. Yeah. I've gotten to shoot. Te- well, I covered the debate, the presidential debate. I got to shoot tethered, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. With uh, Sony, it's just shooting and then just did you send him right off. It's pretty awesome. Did you like that? You didn't like you. You didn't feel like hindered by not being able to move around and stuff well, I mean, like you was, usually do. It was the debate during COVID. It, well, I wasn't gonna be able to move around anyway. Okay, I had to stay right. They had a spot. You had to stay right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I got, you know, whatever angle you had is what you had. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was somebody who uh, was up in one of the other risers, and it was. Yeah, just shoot through like a um, I don't know what, what the hell you call it, uh, like a pillar basically. Yeah. Or a scaffolding. There's scaffolding there with the <sighs> lights, and they were just like, oh so all they could get were pictures of one of the guys. I was lucky enough that my angle, I kind of got the side of Trump's head, and then I got I could get by it like full on. Yeah. So that was nice. But I really like shooting tethered. It's not my, I don't want to do it all the time, but it was really kind of nice to be able to not have to go and sit at my computer and like file and edit yeah mm-hmm. and spend like hours like uh, crunching time and putting in captions it's just yeah. right away right to my editor yeah yeah do you do you uh with it being documentary and stuff how like i'd imagine you're not editing a ton right uh toning yeah so like the raw you tone it yeah to whatever but yeah. of course like the big ethics are like 
I mean, you get, you get blacklisted if it's um, if you um, remove content. Yeah, like a fly like, from somebody's forehead yeah, or something. Flyer, even if, <laughs> yeah, I won't even, I won't even touch up on dust specs or anything. Yeah, okay. yeah, I got I've never seen that on TV. Just uh, did you? So, do you notice you have to edit less with Fuji, like that compared mm-hmm. to Nikon? With I mean, the JPEGs look beautiful oh, straight yeah, out of camera. Oh, yeah, you have you have the Fuji X Weekly app. Yeah. Yep. Do you have that? I do. Oh, the, the recipes on that? Oh, my yep. God. Yeah, the recipes are awesome. <laughs> yeah, That's once I do that, yeah. you know, all I got to do is, like, here and there, I have to bring out some of the shadows a little bit, you yeah. know, or, or, like, bring out the exposure a little bit. But I try to, I try to really, you know, I, yeah. I don't think it's – so because, you know, if you are sending, like, really, really heavily edited photos, you'll get in trouble most of the time. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you'll be done. You yeah. Know, that's yeah. it. You're done. You know, no more documentary photography for you. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. rightfully so, and you can't change the content. Yeah. Do you ever, um, this is kind of a side question, kind of has to do with Tom. You're not allowed Uh-oh. to re- remove stuff, obviously, as Tom said. Um, that includes, I assume, cropping something out. Um, it depends you- what you crop. If there's a lot of dead space, you know, yeah. you, can't, you can't alter the um, content of the photo. You can't, like, you can't edit, you can't crop in a way that is like, changing what the photo means or changing the context of the photo hmm. you know what i mean that's interesting yeah you have to you can crawl like dead space stuff like that i've cropped out you know crowds and stuff like i've cropped in mm-hmm. you know but it's not it's not changing the meaning of the photo it's not you know that's surprising because you can if i you if can almost a, literally crop with a longer lens mm-hmm. it seems like it would be the same thing just cropping in a little bit if yeah. even if you are cropping something important out like you could have just moved the frame too to do the same thing mm-hmm. i don't know it's weird it is do do weird to think when, about. when you submit the images are once it's out to a news outlet are they permitted to crop it yeah they can crop into them okay they still i mean still you can't alter any yeah alter the content or the meaning of the photo got it have you gotten upset with people overdoing you're like man i composed it in that specific way i I spent like two hours doing this portrait when i worked with the marion star i did this portrait of this wrestler Mm -hmm. he was a state champion and i was so proud i was in the gym and it was like oh you turn off the lights and there was these windows and this light was coming through so beautiful and you could see it all it was one of the one of my favorite portraits i've ever taken those assholes, you know what they did? They took it and they cropped it so it was a goddamn headshot. Uh, it was a headshot in two and a half hours. I spent doing that. I brought all this gear in with me. Man. Uh, I, and it was a it was a headshot on like the back page. I, was, I remember being so mad. Man. Yeah, I would be too. <laughs> that, That's that, rough. That, could be, that would be very upsetting. Um, Tom, did you do, did you do a, a deep dive on on Matthew's Instagram. Oh yeah. Do you find a photo? Did you? I did. Are you sure? Yep. So Uh-oh. this part, Matthew, we went on your Instagram. You want you want on my on my uh, OnlyFans? <laughs> oh no. And uh, I didn't know that existed. Uh oh. Um, and I found a photo that I really really liked, and I'm curious uh, how you, what what motivated you to capture it, and what what building it actually is, uh, Tom? Do you want to go first? Did we did we choose the same photo? Let me see what yours was. Let me see what yours was. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. So we, this is no. the photo no. in question. We'll, oh. Okay. We'll link this in the show notes for everybody to see. Um, 
you're familiar with this. What building is this? And and it's in Michigan. It's in Detroit. It's in Detroit. I forget the name of the building. It's uh the uh. Oh, I have to look it up. It's know. okay. It's all right. <laughs> uh, what motivated you to take this shot? Because it looks like it's like this is a uh, you're documenting uh, like I a snowstorm. Is a one s- of that better? Honestly, uh, I was I did a project. Yeah. Um, a lot of my photos, my personal time, even in Columbus, it's uh, I, I love going out and shooting pictures of like people, like scenes of the city, right? People smiling. Yeah, right? yeah. You get I guess it says something about me being like screwed up in the head or whatever, depressed <laughs> or whatever. But I went out. I was like, I was going through some stuff at the time, and I wasn't. You know, I was like depressed, and it was right after 2020, and I was just going through shit. And um, I decided to um, go out and get some pictures of uh, the snowstorm. I, was, I went out originally to get a Shake Shack. <laughs> and it was off. I got there, the food was off. I was just pissed the whole time. And I was just, I don't know, I figured, you know, it's snowing really hard. I'm going to get some pictures. And mm-hmm. I saw this dude looking out, and uh, I had this project I was kind of working on you know, on my own, like when I say personal projects, and it was about kind of, like, what does it feel like right now? We're all waiting for what's happening now is we're lifting all the restrictions, but in the midst of that winter, it's isolated, a year of isolation, then the isolation of winter, mm-hmm. and the, like, disconnectivity we all feel, and just yeah. kind of like the, pe- kind of like the, the unsureness of what's to come next, yeah. and, like, hoping mm-hmm. for the best, like, maybe summer will bring it in, maybe it won't. And so I'm trying to find moments of that that's mm. like kind of made me feel like that. Maybe like that in my mind, that's like, yeah, that's the feeling of what we're mm-hmm. all feeling is yeah. like waiting that yeah. kind of like anxiety. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But you, I saw you picked a building too. It's funny that we both picked buildings. Well, <laughs> and it's funny that you mentioned the like the small, like the person being a small part of the frame mm-hmm. too, because I chose. This one in... Oh, that's from the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? Yeah. So that was... Uh, it's uh, the uh, Occupied West Bank. It's the main town, Ramallah. And I lived there for a while covering the conflict. And um, mainly covering the move... The, the uh, U.S. Donald Trump was moving the uh, embassy, the U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Jerusalem's contested. It's the, you know... It's, you know, by moving the embassy there, it was legitimizing that, you know, Israel, like, was, you know, the capital was Jerusalem, and they owned Jerusalem, and it's, hmm. that's, you know, it's not, not entirely, yeah, yeah. It's, it's caused a lot of problems, it's yes. caused a lot of death, obviously, you know? Still ongoing, Right yes. now, it's yeah. kicking off again, it's, I, I, it's probably not something I should really get into other than, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at the imbalance right there, but, yeah. um... I, uh, we were out in the field covering, uh, this was, uh, it was 2018, and um, we were walking, and uh, what would happen is they, they had clashes all the time, and uh, some of the Palestinians living up on the hill above, because, like, um, behind, so you look at that photo, behind me, on, you know, so I'm facing towards, seeing a picture of the IDF yeah. soldier, behind me is a settlement of Betil, which is, like, hmm. one of the West Bank settlements of Israelis. Mm-hmm. which are illegal under international law. And um, up on the hill where I'm taking pictures at, behind that soldier are all the Palestinians who come out to watch these clashes happen, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So on the road, stuff's going on, but up on the hill, you know, people are watching it unfold. Hmm. Interesting. That's, that's crazy. That's wild. Something else over there. Yeah. Indeed. Never never know. That's that's place you could prepare and prepare and prepare your entire life, and I think you'd 
never be fully prepared to. Oh, I mean, until you go. Like yeah. I'm saying, you, like, that, those situations, like, I remember, like, when I was younger, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I think I'm ready for this. Like, I think I can handle the intensity. You get it. And you're just, holy shit. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. It's yeah. so, like, you can't prepare. It's just the intensity of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any, uh, now that we're getting into the, the end here, do you have any advice for the young photojournalism community? Yeah. Um, I'd say the most important thing to do is if you want to be a really good, if you want to be a photojournalist, if you want to do, you know, documentary type work, or I guess for my, cover kind of the stuff I cover, it's really important to like study issues and kind of understand where you stand and study art and study you know like look beyond photography sure to mm-hmm. develop your photography i was just gonna say the picture that the that i showed you from your instagram mm-hmm. it looks like a painting you know what i mean <laughs> it looks like an old like actually it actually is a painting i just you know yeah I mean, you know, I did, just I something you whipped up just something i whipped up yeah watercolors like it, just the positioning of the people and like the ability to focus on like it, it creates a, a sense of like you may not know what's going on but you get a sense of what's going on mm-hmm. almost it's it's important to i see a lot of younger photographers like I was saying before, are shooting what they think other people want to see. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much a lot of what Instagram is right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the be- if you want to really, really make a mark, if you really want to do something that you, like, people hire you to cover things because of what you see, mm-hmm. the yeah. way you take pictures. Yeah. And if you take pictures just exactly like everybody else, or, like, you know, just, oh, I think that, you know, my photos look just like they could be at a New York Times. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah, but they already have a bunch of other people who shoot for them. So They've like, already got that job covered. They already covered. got that. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you need to go and kind of find your own style and find issues you care about, whether yeah. that's, I don't know, like border issues, whether that's, issue, you know, civil rights issues, whether that's armed conflict, whether that's, I don't know, like just stories in Appalachia, you know. Yeah. Find something Whatever that interests you. you that you really want to go out and, and just really feel. Yeah. It's more about feeling. The camera... You know, I mean, I can sit here and, like, make a really good photo, but, you know, if, if unless it's coming from, like, here, connection to what I'm shooting, it's just, it's not, there's not going to have any soul to it. That's interesting. And it's important to have soul because you want people to feel. If you're covering your story, you want people to feel. Yeah. And if you're not feeling it, they're not going to feel it either. Yeah. It'll just there's be, nothing like, an empty to... vessel. It might be pretty. It might look nice, but it's going to be hollow. Yeah. That's interesting. I, like, I would have imagined uh, a... A documentary photographer would be the opposite. I would have guessed the opposite, anyways. Yeah. Like, you want to be like I would have imagined you want to be like a third party, almost like separated, and try to like yeah, not be a but yeah. You, you look at it from you're separated, but you you feel this. You don't like so I don't invest like oh, you know like yeah you know I I but when I look back is I I try to connect and understand how yeah. these people are feeling yeah how it feels to be there, what this means to them. They're like, you know, what is happening, what the emotions are, and capture that. And under, you know, it's more important to do that. Not that I get involved in all this other shit, you know, but that I can feel, I can capture the way these people are feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Or the way the scene feels. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. I like that. Definitely. 
Tom, did you have any other questions? Anything else you wanted to add? Comments, no. concerns, prayers, well wishes? <laughs> no, I've been, I, I mean, I feel like we could talk for, I mean, this is a part of photography that I've looked at a lot in terms of like the, like, I feel like this, like documentary is baked into the history of photography pretty heavily with mm -hmm. like, I don't Matthew know, with Brady like Brady and the Crimean War and stuff like that. Yeah, and I was the, even uh, thinking like Robert Frank with the, the Americans mm -hmm. and stuff like that because mm -hmm. Tariq brought that up. What, what did the you mean? Migrant mother. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And like, yeah, it's just, I, I mean, but like currently, like the current like documentary photography especially with conflict it just seems so chaotic and i think mm -hmm. you do a good job of like kind of sifting through that and making like something that you can at least focus on and get a sense of like like a little bit of a clearer picture of what's yeah. going on or well, something. And inherently too like the reality of like conflict and armed conflict like that it's, it's yeah not it's a lot of it's like you know i mean People are 18, 19 years old. Sure. Guns go out and fight. And it, it's chaotic. It is sure. chaotic. It's very confusing. Sure. It's very, it's not usually any clear cut thing that's going on. Sure. You know, you be with people, you think, like, I don't know. It, it, it is chaotic. And it's hard to really make sense within a short time frame of it. Yeah. And so, like, that's why you, with that kind of stuff, I try to do longer form. Sure. But it it is like chaotic and it is hard to yeah like that's the goal is bring understanding, and also you need to kind of translate some of the chaos because yeah. I think what's important is what I try to do with my photos is show people what it's like like the realities of it. It's yeah. not like you know what people think of in like a movie or whatever. Yeah, it's very different. It's yeah. it's it's chaotic. It's brutal. It's it's also boring sometimes. Yeah. A lot of times it's really boring You're sitting around for days on. I was going to say I feel like happening. But that's part of the story. Yeah. You need to document that, too. I think that, uh, I think I was surprised by looking at your images, mm -hmm. how quiet a lot of them were. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, my, uh, my mentor told me, um, way back, Ty, he's, he's, he says something always stuck with me. He said, shoot a wedding like a war and shoot a war like a wedding. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. That's weird. That's crazy to think about. You that's really not think a, about that's it, not, it makes sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nuts. That kind of just blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, Matthew, it's been awesome, man. We yeah, really, we really, we really appreciate you coming out and talking with us. And my pleasure. Yeah. Um, we can catch Matthew's work. What's your Instagram? Uh, M Hatcher H A T A C H E R. Mm -hmm. My last name's Hatcher, but I made a misspelling on my Instagram. <laughs> then I made business cards, and I was like, "Well, I already got the business." Card. There it is. I'm not gonna okay. change it. And do you have a there website as well? Yeah, um, M Hatcher Photography dot com. Cool. All right. If you want to check out his work? Definitely give him a follow. Uh, the work is superb, amazing, yeah. always incredible. Um. You can always listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, as well as Google Podcasts and Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we just said where you can find Matthew at and follow his work. Share your photos with us on Instagram at the number two weird camera beards or at MPEX underscore photo underscore video. You can also send us your images, questions to our email at the number two weird camera beards at MPEX.com. But I need to point out, Tom is without beard now. Yep. It'll it'll be back in a few days. Lame. So lame. All right. Special thanks to our executive producer, magical, marvelous, magnificent Maddie O'Neill. 
Hmm. The president of Midwest Photo Moisha Applebaum, our VP Ken Lewis. Special thanks to Mr. Hatcher for coming out and talking yeah, with us you, today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And Did we'll- you come all the way down from Detroit? Yeah, I'm driving right back in there. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. Thank you so yeah, much for joining us, man. My favorite barbecue place I always stop at. They they shut down because of you know, they couldn't they didn't survive COVID. So. Oh no. Mm. What barbecue place? Uh Tackett Southern Barbecue. I think they're open during the week. It's a Marion. Okay. Have you had Ray Ray's? Ray Ray's? Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh it's good. Oh yeah, you gotta have Ray Ray's. I don't I know, are they open they're not open on Sundays, are they? All the hours it's are weird. To, like, I don't get it's it. It's hard I, to tell. Freaking like COVID is still they they closing shit early. All their shit's getting well. Lifted, but I mean, in my experience at least, but. But I think Ray Ray's was there. They've got a couple truck like it's a food truck kind of thing, mm-hmm. and they just have like the the smokers and stuff next to them. Uh-huh. And I think that they used to be so they've got one in Ace of Cups parking lot. Yep. And then they've got one in the parking lot of what's the brewery? I have had it. I have had it. It's really good. A couple years ago, I had it. Me and my buddy got hammered and then got Ray (laughs) Ray's. It's great. That's a that's a good way to have have Ray (laughs) Ray's. Yeah, man. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya.